0: dot com? <laughs> yep, still that. I forgot how to do that. <laughs> and we just did it. Joining us today... Joining us today is Chris. David. Hello. TJ? Yep. Got myself a brand. <laughs> Always, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and we got another very special podcast for you. We're going to be uh, predicting the Oscar nominations that will be coming out January 23rd. As you guys all know, we're big Oscar-ologists. We're fans of the... Uh, of the ceremony, yeah, we're gonna go on about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, so these are these are uh, predictions. I think I think we should make this a bit of a game and just say that whoever does the worst, I should get to pick a movie they should have to see. Since you decided not to play the game, if we appreciate... decide you
2: did a bad job at hosting, then we just—that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, being spirited. <laughs> I like that, Les. <laughs> oh no, um, <laughs> I, I I threw my dumb hat in the ring for some reason.
1: David and TJ always
2: do really well at these. you will probably win. Oh,
1: you're afraid that this is going to be an automatic loss for you? Okay. Well, I'll actually mentally, if you'll agree to it, I'll mentally adjust up my If Chris Loses, he'll get a decent movie to watch. You'll just be tasked with watching Blade Runner again.
2: Hey, I've already watched it one and a half times, so.
1: But yeah, okay, so we are going to, Chris, TJ, and David have all made predictions for what the Oscar nominations will be. I have not, because for me, despite being really into the Oscars once the nominations come out, <laughs> I just I just don't know how, I, I don't know, I don't pay attention until they do. There's a lot of movement going on on the sheet right now, <laughs> a lot of, uh, <laughs> <I'll>, <laughs> who resized column A? A couple of you are, uh, <laughs> are, are, are on there. David's having some fun. let <laughs> um, Okay. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to start, uh, we're, we're going to ramp up to the big picture, best picture at the end. And uh, so we're going to start with best live action short, your predictions for uh, what the, the sh- live action shorts that will be nominated. Uh, it seems like we're in a lot of agreement here. TJ, David, and Chris all think "Decab Elementary. Well, is that about local? Yeah. Yep. Here? yep. Mm-hmm. It's about well, that it's thing. not about it,
3: but it's it takes place there. Oh, okay. It's a fictionalized uh, school shooting.
1: Oh, okay. Um, the Silent Child, Rise of a Star, and My Nephew Emmett are all projected to be nominated. There's a little bit of difference. TJ thinks Watu Wote. Watu Wote. Watu Wote will be nominated. David and Chris going with Witnesses. Uh, any reason for your, your differing opinions there, TJ? Uh,
3: what well to Vote, I think, is a <laughs> student film um, about terrorist attacks and uh, religious fighting in Kenya. Yep. Um, it seems like the kind of thing seems that gets nominated. Awesome yeah, it's a German film, um, but like I said, it was a student film, which makes me kind of like it more. Okay. David, witnesses?
0: My, my detailed strategy for all of the shorts <laughs> is that they are kind of a crapshoot. So I took the Gold Derby Top 5, Gold Derby, a uh, thing that provides odds for this. I took out the third ranked one and then chose a random film to replace <laughs> it. Oh, no. That's how I got witnesses. Oh, nice.
2: Okay. Um, I, I, I want to let you know, in Googling what Watu Wilt is, it won the Student Oscars Award. Nice. So, the I best think it was, of the student films according to the Oscars. I think it was number six on
3: Gold Derby, I think. Okay. So
1: well, let's move on to best documentary short. Here are the movies that, or here are the documentary shorts that are in agreement on. Alone, what's that about? You know. I'm just curious, David. About it. <laughs> <Nicole Duncan. laughs> it's a post-apocalyptic short film. It's won the
2: Halifax Film Festival awards for best cinematography and best sound design. Wait, it's post-apocalyptic.
1: It's a documentary short. That's post-apocalyptic. Mm, I guess not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Probably, oh, probably like, give that the fucking there's, Oscar. There's, 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 there's a ton of movies
2: that are titled "Right Alone. Man, I like. <laughs> I did write up some all of all these with links, and I didn't
1: like
2: <laughs> go to that. To um,
1: this is best documentary short. Also, probably going to be uh nominated as Heroin. but that's uh Heroin as in the female counterpart to a hero.
0: I think it's about heroin. I think it's stylized with the "e" in parentheses, so yeah. it's like you got uh, both things. So. Okay, right.
1: it's about um, Heroin, heroin Edith and Eddie, or Edith plus Eddie, uh, might be nom- or Is is predicted by all. It's about math. And Cayeo, the living shopping baskets, which is just on title alone, my favorite documentary <laughs> feature uh, short film of the year. Uh, some differences: TJ has ten meter tower. David has one hundred and sixteen cameras.
0: That's a lot of cameras. And
1: Chris also has 116 cameras. Ten meter
3: tower sounds awesome. It is the documentary short I'm the most excited to watch. I really hope it gets nominated. It's just uh, like 20 minute uh, movie about uh, random people jumping off a 10 meter diving board and like their fears and anxieties walking up to it.
1: I was just like, that sounds great. I'll watch that. What's 116 cameras about?
0: It's the sequel to 115 cameras. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, same thing, but instead of 10 meters, it's 116 uh, it's, cameras. It <laughs> sounded pretentious, so I put it in there. It's, <laughs> it's one of the ones that
2: I almost watched because it's on the New York Times, like short films. It's about uh, as, as Holocaust survivors are dying out. It's a oh. student. It's a, a, the USC is creating basically digital avatars of them. Um, so that their stories can be preserved through uh, media in some way.
0: I think I saw a clip from that. It looks actually, in hindsight, it does look cool. Yeah,
2: there's a, there's a link on the site for when I did the write up of the uh, the nominees getting narrowed down, uh, where you can watch it. It's 15 minutes. Yeah, Chris has
1: been doing a good job with those. Uh, mm-hmm. Check those out. Best animated short film. So we have In Agreement, Deer Basketball, In a Heartbeat, No Lou. L O U Lou, and then we have some differing opinions. Uh, Chris does not have negative space in his top five. I wanted to create the joke there, um, and uh, <laughs> oh my god, David's David's tree is apparently angry that we don't have negative space. In full agreement. Uh, also, uh, David omitted the movie Cradle. Uh, while hit too close to home, David and Chris have revolting rhymes. <laughs> I think Cradle's going to
3: win the damn Oscar. It's an animated movie about a veteran coming home without arms and dealing with phantom pains and prosthetics and all that. Wow!
2: And, and it is now uh,
0: viewable on. You're a... saying my strategy is going to backfire.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that was the one I looked at, and I was like, "That's probably going to win." <laughs> 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 it's probably, definitely, have it. I uh, really back. don't want uh, the uh, Deer Basketball to win. I think it's. Just bizarre. Yeah. It's it's a poem that LeBron James wrote. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. I've done that before. That's better. That, it got better. <laughs> that Kobe Bryant wrote that was just animated by like a fan, and then they packaged it together,
1: produced it, and shopped it around. What's revolting rhymes?
0: It's about the MC Snow, <laughs> as he writes in former. <laughs>
1: Needless to say, there's not a ton of knowledge on these uh, short films that that we can really.
0: I don't do very well on these, so it's, it's I thought Roald Dahl. I'm, yeah. I'm taking, it's I'm so embracing hard. randomness. It's yeah. so hard. Revolting Rhymes
1: is Rolled Doll. It was it was
2: actually a mini series on the BBC. It's a uh, two episodes, and it's just you know short story Rolled Doll.
1: Okay, we Loan have. Best foreign language film next. Everybody is thinking A Fantastic Woman is going to get nominated. I actually saw a preview for that. I think it looked really good. Um, This is also kind of a crapshoot. In the Fade, which I've heard a lot of good things about this year. Loveless. TJ and Chris both have The Square, which is another very highly uh, critically acclaimed movie this year. And uh, all three have Foxtrot. Instead of The Square, David is going with On Body and Soul.
0: I left out The Square because uh, the same guy who did Force Majeure, and that was like uh, supposed to win the damn thing a couple of years ago he got left off and he did this like uh, video online of him reacting to the thing that went viral um, and the square is not really that foreign a lot like there's a lot in English that sometimes people get snoidy about yeah is, that, is it truly a foreign language movie it, it couldn't. And it's also it's also very divisive it's very uncomfortable humor is it looks the, the fucking big thing crazy that,
3: it's about like a living art installation um, but yeah, it does have Dominic West and Elizabeth Moss. So people you would know are in that movie.
2: But it won the Palme d'Or. Yeah, and it wouldn't have made it to the short list if it had it had enough English in it to disqualify it.
0: True. And then you get to the subjective thing. Right, uh, that's it, true. It, it can qualify, but still not quite make it for those reasons. I, I honestly went
2: with the square because I went with the Scandinavian country. They always do really well with Best They, they
0: do. I, I could be wrong here, but sometimes you got to take your shots. It's typically for you that our consensus and there's at least one or two like last year the movie from the like the Tongan Island it yeah, was like yeah. the, that version of uh, Romeo and Juliet from a language that had never been spoken on film right like that replaced something that was favored in the top five
1: yeah yeah best documentary feature is next uh, we have Jane nominated what's that about uh, Jane, Goodall. Jane Goodall oh right yeah. I've heard
3: about that yeah it's the heavy favorite to win so far if there is one
1: um, Faces Places which is the Agnes Varda movie yeah. and it's uh, I have actually seen that pop up on a lot of top ten lists for movies of the year
0: she's also getting one of the Lifetime Achievement Oscars as the documentarian
1: hmm. um, City of Ghosts what's that Amazon produced movie
2: about uh, you know a post-terror attacked uh, Middle Eastern town might even take place in Syria
1: And here we have a little bit of difference. TJ has Icarus.
3: Uh, It's a cyclist doping.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He also has Last Man in Aleppo with Chris. Mm -hmm. Um, Seems very Oscar baity. Yep. Yep. You Um, know what it's about now. Yep. David, meanwhile, has two separate picks. Uh, he's got Chasing Coral, which is what Rick's been doing for years on The Walking Dead. Yep. Um, and uh, <laughs> so David and Chris both in agreement on yeah, Chasing Coral. Chasing Coral's
0: a, a, a solid pick. My thought is uh, it's an environmentalist movie, and it is uh, Netflix is always going to jump in here, so you basically pick your poison for what thing is going to be in there. Since Netflix started producing those, they've actually been at the Oscars a bunch of times getting nominated.
2: Yeah. There's a little bit more exposure, too, because
1: it's probably going to be the Best Song nomination as well.
0: That, that's my guess.
1: And, uh, David, tell us about your pick of Strong Island.
0: Strong Island is a uh, documentary about, uh, it's a A story about, uh, in the 70s, it's like a gay man in Long Island who gets murdered, and it's kind of a examination of that. So I think it could be uh, some resonant themes in, in it. I think he's a uh, and it's a African-American filmmaker. It's just a, you know, it's a guess. Okay. And a lot of these, like, haven't really come out for a lot of people. You know,
2: they're... They did their week in L.A. And then they went... They didn't get wide release. They went away.
0: So just, like, foreign language is kind of, you know,
2: taking a little bit of a
0: shot. And also with the asterisk is the Academy still hasn't revealed the documentary shortlist. So there's a chance, you know, sometimes it happens where, you know, maybe Jane doesn't make it, you know. Right probably won't happen but if it doesn't then like you know everything gets reshuffled anyway
1: right well now we'll get into movies that I think a a lot of the general public are a little more familiar with Uh, we'll start with best animated feature movie best animated movie of the year everybody is nominating Coco everybody is nominating the breadwinner all of you feel like loving Vincent will get a nomination Mm -hmm. Um, TJ finishes up with the Lego Batman movie which is also shared by Chris and uh, TJ's going with Ferdinand as well. The only one to think Ferdinand may get a nomination.
2: Yeah, I just feel like they're going to
1: recenter after last year. They always have
3: a couple of, you know, outliers, weird, like Anomalisa types. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the breadwinner and Loving Vincent, especially Loving Vincent, are going to kind of take that over. I think Lego Batman, I feel pretty strong about that, actually, because um, they fucked up so much with the Lego movie. I think they're mm-hmm. making up maybe for I it. see that happening, and... Uh, I just kind of wanted to pick a mainstream animated movie for the last one, so I went with Ferdinand. It's got it got pretty good reviews. And, sure, uh, the same could get a
1: song major. nomination too. Yeah, so. yeah. David and Chris both picked In This Corner of the World. Tell us about that.
0: Uh, I'm kind of following the studios here. Like, you got your Pixar movie, and I got uh, Breadwinner is uh, same studio that did the, like uh, Secret of Kells, Irish animation studio that just mm. gets nominations. This is the same studio that's responsible for a lot of Japanese nominations that aren't Studio Ghibli. Mm -hmm. So, like, um, I think Barney and Me, I believe, is the same studio. It's not Studio Ghibli. Um, That was nominated uh, last year. You typically have some foreign animation representation in foreign language. Um, And my other piece of the formula was looking at the Annie Awards for Animation, I think in all but two times every nominee has been from the group of studio nominations studio Annie nominees or the independent Annie nominees so you got you know pixar goes in studio along with dreamworks and stuff and then the other field is where like things like the red turtle come from mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. so i kind of use that as my little shortlist myself there's already a short list so i kind of just if you cross-reference them
2: is there a short list for best animated, uh, I don't know how short that. I don't list think is. I don't
0: think there is, but that's no. why I chose that one. Same with the Big Bad Fox and Other Tales. It's a French movie and There's twenty for the Oscars. Yeah, French movies also tend to do pretty well. French animation like Ernest and Celine. It's just you know a quaint French movie with like probably some accordion playing, and it'll be just like you know nectar from the gods. The triplets <laughs> of Belleville. Yeah, yeah. And I,
2: I just went within this corner of the world because it's won any Japanese film award. Um, it is one animated or like whatever it's nominated for. It's done really well in Japan.
0: Yeah. It's pretty uncommon not to have at least something from Japan, who is the most prolific animation studio in the world. It's, US isn't even close.
1: Yeah. Neat. Uh, best visual effects. This is one where I can finally have some opinions on some things. We don't want to hear it. Yeah. War for the Planet of the Apes is uh, a unanimous nomination from uh, from from our group. Blade Runner twenty forty nine the same. Star Wars: The Last Jedi, the same, and Dunkirk, the same. Uh, David and Chris are going Oakja for that fifth nomination, and TJ is going The Shape of Water for best visual effects. I'm going Oakja because I want it. Yeah,
0: that's yeah, that's a, uh, a hopeful. That's direction. also a heart pick for me, and it it really is not a good move for me to leave out Shape of Water. Typically, you have like some movies that can win the best picture go in here, like Revenant, as yeah. like you know was nominated for Best Visuals basically for one scene, but yeah. it was just such a favorite movie. I don't know, I left it out. Sometimes, like, these are the kind of things where the um, the guilds themselves, like actual visual effects people vote for it, and they tend to get a little weird. Maybe the differentiation between the special effects and the makeup, I don't know. Maybe they get nitpicky about it. Basically, I was just trying to put Opja in, and I couldn't leave the others out for myself. I haven't also seen Shape of Water. They're very similar in
3: what they do with special effects. They're very uh, outstanding things in, you know, normal worlds.
2: They're both literally addressing the elephant in the room.
3: Yeah. Um, Shape of Water could go either way. Um, I don't know if Ocho would be the next in necessarily, but I can see that. Uh, Shape of Water is one of those movies this year you could get like, anywhere from seven to eight nominations to make fucking tie the record again uh, easily. Um, and get somewhere 13 even 14 nominations um, I don't know it's, it's hard sometimes those guilds like nominating the big movies so like people pay attention to them and they just won't let them win or you know sometimes they keep them out because like you know David was saying it's Makeup and not special effects, but it was definitely my last in out of
1: that group. No love for the little indie movie that could Valerian. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, it's got a chance It's on the short list. Oh, yeah. Is it? Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, that's good to hear. I, it's the I thought the visuals were pretty in that movie at least. Yeah, yeah
2: rounding um, that out was Alien Covenant, Guardians Two, Kong Skull Island, and uh, yeah,
0: nice. And also, it was just like uh, from my overall strategy, I tend to lean on the guilds what they nominate is like kind of a you know some a blueprint for what they like uh, it hasn't come out for the visual effects society yet it's going to come out on the 16th so right. it's just basically like i don't know best pick
1: uh, best. We get to the best sound categories here: best sound editing and mixing. TJ, I think you said you were going to read up on uh, the difference. Nope, you didn't do nope, that. We'll edit that out. It, um.
0: I think what I what I've heard is editing is sound creation, mixing is sound balancing, mm-hmm. or you know, editing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Which requires sound editing. <laughs> Would you like
2: to hear my strategy? (laughs) I am predicting the same five movies for both. (laughs) You'll get
0: one of them right. I did the exact same. I tried to get cute last year. It's like, well, this is Explosion, so it's here, so it's not over here. And the opposite thing happened with Hacksaw Ridge. We we, we
1: discussed this last year, and I remember we all tried to vote on it appropriately, and the opposite (laughs) came out. Hacksaw Ridge won for editing instead of mixing.
3: and one for (laughs) the one with Explosions.
1: (laughs) So we were all real confused. I was fine. I voted for a rival for both of them. And got yeah. it wrong. And honestly, there's a good chance that people voting on these awards in the end don't know the difference either.
0: Yeah, the right. final vote. The nominations going to come. The from nominations the, are have knowledge. Yeah. People,
2: we've got no cheat sheet from the Academy for this one, so this is true. Like, yeah, you know. there's, there's
0: no shortlist. The uh, the, I had sound... the same five too.
2: By the way, <laughs> Chris, you just reordered them. Yeah, they were
3: they're ordered in my favorite to win. Oh, you've, Go you you don't
2: on. have the exact same five. Uh,
1: Oh yeah, you do. Just yep,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so here we go for sound mixing <laughs> and sound editing and sound editing. TJ has the same five movies, which are Dunkirk, Blade Runner, Baby Driver, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and The Shape of Water. For sound mix. Oh wait, did everybody stick with the same five? Yes. Okay, the way
0: No, David didn't. I left off Blade Runner and put in Wonder Woman.
1: I meant for your two Between sound categories. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, Same. so so David's picks for both sound categories are Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, Baby Driver, and instead of Star Wars or instead of uh, Blade Runner, Blade Runner, he's going Wonder Woman.
0: Dick. Dick. For, Reason being, and again, nothing. Of this is personal. as perception. Mm-hmm. I leaned on the Guild Cinema Audio Society came out with their awards, and surprisingly, Blade Runner was left off. That's and such a shame. Wonder Woman was surprisingly in. It wouldn't be one I would consider. Um, I went five for five from their nominations because, you know, after last year I give up. (laughs) 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 Uh, But typically they they get four out of five. It's pretty reliably reliably going back to at least 2012, last five years.
1: And my picks would both sound at OTJs. so. Okay, yeah, it's the same pick. So so, uh, Wonder Woman versus Blade Runner. Uh, I would... Uh, having seen both of those, I would definitely prefer Blade Runner to get that nomination. Uh, best Song. So, TJ didn't list this song, so I'm going to ask him when he gets to them. I assume they're the same ones as some of these others. But uh, they are. Uh, Remember Me from Coco seems to be in agreement that mm-hmm. that will be nominated. This Is Me, The Greatest Showman. It's the Golden Globe winner. Uh, Mighty River from Mudbound is a uh, unanimous pick. Let's see evermore which was the only new song i believe from beauty and the beast there were seemed, there was more than one but not with lyrics i fell asleep so <laughs> nah, i may have missed it um <laughs> uh, and then we've got um, tj has a song from call me by your name what's that song called
2: it is
3: called... that's the siffian stevens, right? stevens' song yeah
2: yeah um, it's playing in the trailers now for the movie so i
0: feel like that's that's big for it and I like all I like our differences too. They yeah. would probably all be the ones I would throw in. Mystery of Love.
1: Mystery of Love from Call Me by Your Name. I really uh, like the Chasing
0: Coral pick from David.
1: Oh, but but I've stopped
3: picking documentaries. I've always been like, oh, Melissa Etheridge won that Oscar that time, <laughs>
1: and it keeps biting me in the. And then you had that that Glenn Campbell song.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah from a doc. And the
0: Empty Chair from yeah. the uh, J. Ralph story last year. Something. Yeah. 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 Not the J. Ralph story. That's the songwriter. But this there's always seems to be like a Netflix documentary that like yeah. wildly gets in. So that was my wild shot. Yeah. And that's why I also put it in for documentary. Sometimes you can get like oh this must, has like two nominations. It's another
3: category to go either way. I think Coco's in, I think the greatest shaman is in and other yeah. than that it could be
0: fucking yep. and maybe, and Beauty and the Beast could miss yeah. at this point. Maybe they see how crass it is to like lay miserab your way to a nomination yeah. or they just write this new okay song. Right.
1: And Chris is going with "Stand Up for Something" from Marshall. I'm going. I like to, that pick I'm too. I'm going for the known yeah. commodity. They've got Common as
2: the artist, mm-hmm. so
1: and it's so an, issue. Got an Oscar,
0: Oscar winner. Yeah, oh. it's an issue song too, which a lot of these aren't.
1: Right, it's an issue song. It's Common. You need Chris Pine to get up and cry <laughs> in the middle of the ceremony. You, you play that song.
0: <laughs> He's going to be on stage this time. <laughs> but uh, I like I like your pick, Chris. Thanks.
2: All right, uh, best score. <laughs> By the way, it was the hardest because Kelly was over my shoulder and she was like. Can you put the Greatest Showman in there twice? I was like, I could. Yeah. Well, La La Land <laughs> they've they've done that before, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I don't see multiples this year. Okay. Uh,
3: Kelly, I see that. She was like, mad that La, La Land got two last year. And now she's like, did hey, Greatest Showman get off five? She
2: tried to wrestle Greatest Showman in for all of these. <laughs> she's like, what about Greatest Showman? Which
1: we will get to when we talk about best production design. <laughs> nice. Um, best score. So uh, let's see. Everybody's in agreement on Shape of Water. Yep. And Dunkirk, mm-hmm. and Phantom Thread, mm-hmm. and Darkest Hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we have three separate picks. TJ's going with the post to get that last pick. David, Victoria, and Abdul, and Chris is going with Blade Runner twenty forty nine. anybody want to talk about why they're picking their pick? Who did the post score?
3: John Williams. That's why.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you why That's I set up. I'll <laughs> tell you why
2: I didn't do the post is because I thought that the score got in the way of the movie. Oh, I don't think it
0: should win. That's never stopped but, yeah. them before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just thought. Too, yeah, I
1: don't know if you I don't know if you remember last year's nomination, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jackie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did Victorian Abdul because, like, this is again my my theory is that there's the four you think, and then there's the long shot. And you go what? <laughs> last year it was Passengers, and uh, yeah. that was Thomas Newman. Thomas Newman did Victorian Abdul, and he sneakily has, like, 26 nominations or something. <laughs> it's all for, like, you know, some supporting music. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, so I threw him in here.
2: Yeah, I picked a no-name composer for my fifth pick. You know, this guy Hans Zimmer. And he's like,
0: <laughs> yeah, he's got, like, almost no nominations. Sometimes people get two in. Like, I think... Uh, You're kidding,
2: because the top four are all, like... Like legendary Oscar-nominated composer. Well,
0: he also did Dunkirk. So I'm saying, yeah, he could have two scores nominated for the same year. Um, who else did that? Um, the Shape of Water guy. What's his name?
2: Desplat? Yeah, yeah,
0: Desplat has uh, done it. He he did it in a year. He year won with the Grand Budapest and some other movie. Yeah, nice. Uh, I think like, um, um, Imitation Game. He did both of those.
1: Okay. Yeah. That year. Um, I'm um. Disappointed to not see uh three billboards on here. As much uh as much critical love as that movie's gotten. I actually yeah. thought the, there's the a, score was one of the standards. There's a solid chance it gets nominated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Carter Burwell did it and he finally got his first nomination for Carol. And he's like a Cohen Brothers go to. He's a uh, um, Todd Haynes go to. I thought um, it was a beautiful score. Three Billboards yeah.
1: is one of those movies too that could can get nominated in every category. Get
0: nominated for
3: every category it's available on.
1: Um, best production design. <laughs> so we have The Shape of Water.
3: This one for listeners too might be the easiest to look at and pick. Like, what's your favorite movie of the year with this? it's pretty much as how pretty the movie is. Yeah. But, but, Every, yeah. Everybody's right.
1: going The Shape of Water. Everybody's going Blade Runner. Everybody's going Dunkirk. Beauty. And Beauty and the Beast. We have uh, a couple different picks there at the end. Um, yeah. TJ's going with The Darkest Hour along with David while Chris picked... The Greatest Showman. <clears throat> the Greatest Showman had fantastic
3: production design. It really I, I feel like
1: it, it nails the Oscar sweet spot for period, um, especially
2: period was period plus spectacle equals to me production design nomination. Sure, um, which is why I think we all put Beauty and the Beast in. Um, it's just you know
1: it's the it's the Kelly choice of the day. If if I could also, th- I, I I assume it's going to get some love on costumes, but I also thought the production design on uh, Phantom Thread was quite good.
0: Yeah, I thought about it. I, I thought about Showman, too. I had it in. Um, the Art Directors Guild came out. And it's not always five for five. There's always something that gets in. But it wasn't... Those could both be late-breaking movies. You mm-hmm. know, Great Showman comes out on Christmas. Uh, Phantom Thread hasn't even come out yet a lot of places. Mm-hmm. will at the time of the pod. But neither of those was nominated by the Art Directors Guild. It's typically you got a couple period... Nominees, a uh, couple fantasy, and every other couple years, uh, a contemporary one. They split it up into three categories. So I just went, I went straight guild for this and just picked out of the fifteen they nominated. You know, period, fantasy, mm-hmm. and contemporary. Picked a couple. Nice.
1: Uh, best makeup and hairstyle, most beguiling category. Yes. Uh, all mm-hmm. right. To not feature the movie, the beguiled. Everybody is picking uh, the the. The magic jowls from The Darkest Hour. It's old people makeup. Yep. So that's your your man called oove dick yep. this year. <laughs> uh, every, uh, TJ and David both go in with Wonder, which is the movie where the Jacob Tremblay has the, is it a scar? I haven't seen much. From he's the, got a, a deformity. Yeah. It's a deformity on his face. I know he's setting. Uh, I'd heard a podcast where they said he's setting makeup for hours yeah. every day on that. TJ also, the only one to pick Guardians 2. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. What about it? Just, uh, I mean, in that obvious way. Uh, a little lot of bit makeup of the, going on.
3: A little bit of the name. I actually read a little bit about the Itania makeup people, and it's a, um, I think the guild might have a little bit of resentment toward them. A, a little, they go a lot of like, actual cheap makeup to make it look good, which mm-hmm. sounds cool, but, I don't know. I just feel like the level of difficulty there might not be there for the guild.
2: Also, kind of kind of cheapens the craft.
3: I mean, I don't want to say that because I disagree with it, but yeah. No. Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's yeah. their
2: argument.
1: Right. Yeah, David and
0: Chris both picked I, uh, I will, you know, just to jump in with the... Stop me if this gets boring. But the Makeup Hairstyling Guild... Stop. No, i kidding. Yeah. I mean, seriously. The Guild came out and um, I, Tanya got several nominations, both for makeup and hairstyling. You know, it is both of those things. mm mm-hmm. um, there's that nomination that's always like the Dallas Buyers Club, or like you spend thousand dollars and make someone look like they have, you know, HIV. Um, yeah. I could see that, you know, kind of bringing the mid nineties to bear on that. Other weird thing about this is the guild does like the makeup and hairstyles of the Academy does not come up with the nominations alone. They don't have enough members to have their own category voting, so everybody votes for what they think the best makeup is, and it could just be a movie they like with makeup. So maybe I, Tanya makes it on there, and Guardians is more of a makeup or visual play, even though makeup in that movie is outstanding. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, Chris checking in with
0: Bright. It's, it's on the short list, and I want yep. to throw a Hail Mary
2: for Netflix. That's really that's really the reason why I picked it. Also, it, Joel Egerton was unrecognizable. Yeah. He, he was really good, and the, the the stupid elf makeup is good, too. Yeah. Um, recently saw Bright, and that's the thing that I was thinking about watching it. It made the universe. <laughs> it was
0: also nominated by the <laughs> Guild. That does that stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> it's it's also makeup and hairstyling is the most like bewildering for me because that's the reason why we have to say Academy Award winner Suicide Squad. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever purple is is that TJ
1: who just it's when he's big. talking just does like <laughs> little circles. TJ's green. Oh, um, it was okay. purple on mine. And I've been I've started following TJ around. So every time he clicks on a box, <laughs> I click on it. <laughs> um. Okay. Best film editing this is uh, this is one that a lot of people don't pay a lot of attention to but it's a it's a big one at the Oscars film editing mm-hmm. um, everybody's nominating Dunkirk oh, I don't know why <laughs> uh, the shape of water is a unanimous pick get out as well all three going for baby driver and then we have uh, TJ and Chris in agreement on Blade Runner and David's going with three billboards outside Ebbing Missouri yeah
0: I'll just explain my outsider pick I completely. Can you know, I haven't seen the movie, but I can understand how it gets there. Star Wars got there. Yeah. As a fantastical thing that gets edited together. You can get weird nominations in editing mm-hmm. where it is maybe just a beloved movie that was edited can get in there. <laughs> Especially a movie that balances tone or has suspense can get in something like this.
2: That's why I picked Blade Runner. That's not why I put, put, picked Blade Runner. DJ picked it and I went, ooh, cool, Blade Runner could be nominated here. I'm
0: going to pick it too. All of our nominations, or all the picks were uh, guild picks too from the, uh, whatever they're called. That is guild ace. So yeah, best best
1: costume design is next. Uh, everybody thinks Phantom Thread's going to be up there. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. The Greatest Showman. Uh, TJ and Chris, but I think the darkest hour, not the dark tower, but the darkest hour. Um, TJ is picking the shape of water. The only one to pick shape of water. David's going with Wonder Woman and Itania, and Chris also has Itania making the list. So we're in a gr- disagreement over two slots here. General disagreement. So, uh, the only person to pick shape of water was TJ. Const- piece. I think it's
3: the, the nominated movie of the year. that makes sense it's just one of those things I think uh,
1: I don't think a guild's going to want to be left out of that if it runs the table it's kind of like like, oh it's going to be nominated for best picture and it has the costumes so
0: the only thing about that is it's going up in a period against Dunkirk and Phantom Thread and Greatest Showman mm -hmm. so there's there's a lot of competition for that period kind of setting
3: yep I think it wins it's it's possible (laughs)
0: yeah I, I took a guess on Wonder Woman. It was nominated by the Costume Designers Guild. And Usually, so you have some kind cool. of, yeah, some kind of fantastical thing. Mm-hmm. I thought about like, okay, there's Wonder Woman's costume, and there's War, 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 World War One soldiers on each side. But also, you got the imagination from the beginning, you know, in the mascara with the Amazonian inspired stuff. I just think it, there's a huge range of stuff. You got the period World War Two stuff that gets dominated, and the fantasy stuff, and. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's it was and a it's, wild and it's both. wild shot for me. Yeah. Also,
1: you have the you also have the direct comparison to the less tasteful Amazonian outfits in uh, Justice League too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, I, I, and I think I, I Tanya is in
2: uh, because uh, I think that that costume design they respect the ability to recreate something um, as as accurately as possible. Um, yeah, I mean a lot of that's like. Perfect world, yeah. But like
3: last year, Fantastic Beast, Allied and Florence Foster Jenkins, all from the exact same fucking time period, all got nominated. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they fucking love the older the shit gets. They just fucking lose their minds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it, but they do. I'm certainly not in the guild, but I actually I did notice the costume design in I Tanya. I thought it was very good and uh,
0: evocative. Of the period. I really I, I
1: love yes I love the, the, that USA yeah. the USA jacket yeah, that so she wears like that. that yeah. It's like man, that font was so big in the '90s. The, the, the first up, Lawland. <laughs> As a day. Everyone's like, yeah, no, no.
3: Vintage clothing.
0: But I mean like I
2: told you she had like scrunchies from the nineties. Yeah. The first shot of her sitting in the chair where she's wearing a denim jacket, like mm-hmm. a white t shirt and, and like denim acid wash jeans, an interview that's supposedly happening in like nineteen ninety-seven. I was like
0: that's perfect. Yeah, it goes with someone I thought a couple years ago that like I seriously thought Spotlight should be nominated for best costume design. Those khakis were like so period appropriate <laughs> that everybody wore. <laughs>
1: uh all right, move on to cinematography. Cinematography is next. Uh, Blade Runner getting nominations across the board. Dunkirk as well will probably be a nominee. The Shape of Water, everyone agrees. And uh, from there, it gets a, a little muddled. Uh, TJ and David both have Mudbound. And everything else is a unique pick. TJ going with Call Me By Your Name for cinematography, mm-hmm. David is going with Darkest Hour. Chris, going with Wonderstruck and Detroit. Anybody want to talk about their picks? I haven't heard a lot for Wonderstruck and Detroit at this Oscar season, so that's interesting. It's for... I was going off Gold Derby for this one
2: because I think that cinematography is such a wild category, especially in the last few years, where it's been less and less of a precursor for Best Picture. Um, And to kind of go outside of that and let the Academy kind of pick um, cinematography for movies that they watched, they liked, and are going to get recognition nowhere else. Um, these are also legendary cinematographers who've been working with their directors for a while. I think in Wonderstruck, it's the cinematographer reuniting with the director and working with them again after like 15 years. Um, nice. And I think that Detroit is a movie that, that was early high buzz that people kind of fell off of. But it's still rated really highly, and I'm surprised isn't being talked about at all. Mm-hmm. And I think cinematography is pretty important to that movie. Not having seen it, but having heard about, it's all mm-hmm. about pacing and the. Uh, you got singular um, location
0: to a certain point, and yeah. it's still making that interesting. I do, I do like that pick. That'd be an interesting pick.
1: David, uh, what about? Uh, tell me about Darkest Hour, because that uh, the cinematography did not really stand out to me when I saw that movie. So I'm, I'm interested.
0: Gotcha. This is also a, a, a guild nominee from a guy who's been there a bunch of times. Cinematographers Club is kind of... Uh, there's a lot of people that return many, 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 many times. Right. And he's been nominated for... He's the guy from Amelie, Very Long Engagement, did those French movies, and he's done some other stuff. He's been nominated uh, a good bit. And I get to just see, like, you know, this is essentially my, uh, if I don't know if you guys remember, it's my Dick Poop nominee. Dick Pope, the guy who did Mr. Turner. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that's nominated.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah I'm just curious. I, I don't know if anybody knows this, but cinematography is the only category for which they are eligible that women have never been nominated for. Yes. And is that, does anybody project that to change this year? Are any of these female cinematographers?
0: Mudbound, Rachel Morrison. Ooh, yep. She became the first cinematographer ever nominated for the uh, the Guild Award, the ASC Award. And then that'd be pretty... You know, last year was the first time there was an African-American cinematographer mm-hmm. ever. I think it would be, I don't know, a good look. And it's also... It's a good-looking movie. For, that was really, like, taking right there. <laughs> for a
3: movie that I think people are going to want to get in somewhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Too. Um, Mudbound uh, was also... Actually, like David's actually saying it was what he was saying it was good to look at uh, Cinematography is really good at it, it was nominated at uh, the Critics' Choice so outside of so everybody in the industry so it's not just it really good.
1: it's not just a milestone like a we need to get their nomination if it happens it's also a deserving one absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah my, my five are the Critics'
3: Choice on Cinematography which doesn't bode super well but could happen
1: okay uh, Best Original Screenplay now we're getting into the biggies uh, Lady Bird Unanimous pick. Get out is a unanimous pick. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri is a unanimous pick. The Big Sick, all three have it, and uh, TJ is going with Shape of Water. David and Chris going with the post for original screenplay.
0: This is my biggest regret. Is <laughs> I think it's going to get to like thirteen nominations, and how does it not get screenplay? Is my thought. Like Pan's Labyrinth got screenplay, and it got like it was just like you that know a bunch of yeah. technical stuff and foreign language also Del Toro. Um, I'm kind of hedging a bet here because I think Post, the Post is going to underperform a lot. And I think it's just going to show up in a couple categories. Uh, The Post was co-written by the guy who did Spotlight and journalism movies, I don't know. So hot right now. And it's uh, the guy who did that and also a a female, uh, it's like her first screenplay with a very female-focused story about, you know, exercising your power from what I understand the Meryl Streep Line. Not as much as was let on yeah. in trailers. Oh. Well, I think that, that might be hurting it some <laughs> possibly. And it's light breaker. I just think I don't know, it's kind of hedging a bit there. I yeah. could definitely see Shape of Water, you know, you're creating a world.
3: I think that's what that's that's the only reason I'm Shape of Water in post
2: out uh, one movie's on the decline, one movie's on the up and up. But yeah, my, my thing is there's always at least one original screenplay nominee who pisses me off that it's considered an original screenplay. And this is basically, the post is based off of, like, true events and based off of, like, multiple interviews with the people who were involved in it. And then it was turned into a screenplay. <laughs> not so much unlike The Big Sick that it was based on a real thing. Um, but it is, it is like, 0% fictionalized. And The Shape of Water is a much more interesting story to get nominated for original screenplay. Yeah, right. Which is why I don't have it for nomination. Right.
0: There's Got always it. something weird, though. You're right. Like, Aaron Sorkin not nominated for Steve Jobs. In anywhere. It's like, that is the most written movie of the year. Yeah.
3: <laughs> or like, around this time last year when it came out, it was like, oh, Moonlight's adapted. Yeah. yeah. It's like,
1: what? And, and was, like, Jackie original? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think just original stories are, are more yeah. interesting. The difference
2: between original and adapted, I get that it's like it's statutory in what can be considered for each within the Academy rules. Yeah, because like, you have to have that, or it becomes a fucking right, list. or else, or else you've got people like me, <laughs> like the acting categories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but so yeah, so that's why I, I, that's why the post is in for me and not Shape of Water uh, for adapted mm-hmm. screenplay. Everybody likes Call Me by Your Name. Everybody going with Mudbound. All three going with Aaron Sorkin's Molly's Game. All three for uh, The Disaster Artist. And uh, a three-way uh, disagreement. We've got Logan for Chris.
0: That's it. I like that. <laughs> I like it.
1: Yeah. Um, David's going with Wonderstruck. And TJ's going with Wonder. I just jokingly put Wonder Woman in my slot. <laughs> I'll, I'll pick Wonder Wheel. No, just kidding. <laughs> Dealer. That is this backlash there, uh, <laughs> TJ. Wonder for uh, Well wonder over is there a favorite that you think is of these three? Out of those three, wonder and Logan. Uh, Wonderstruck Logan's
2: got a has got a shot, but you just, yeah, I really like it. And I, I I had heard the the rumblings that Logan was could get nominated for adapted screenplay and it was being considered,
0: but it was nominated by the Writers Guild.
2: Yeah, and I I, re, I really liked that. That they're that they're finally, not finally, but that they're, they've they considered a
1: comic book as an adaptable thing that has merit within the Academy. Yeah, um, they should really, I mean, I think that would be a good move too to nominate it because they would get, a, I don't know. Unfortunately, you want to nominate things the way that I do. I want to nominate the four that I think are going to get
2: nominated and then I want to have an asterisk like the best shot at. Doing good things within the Academy and creating trends within movie making.
1: Yes, and just bridging that gap between the Academy, uh, between Oscar style movies yeah. and the viewing public. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, the Writers Guild is ahead of the Academy in this. Like Deadpool last year was nominated for Adapted, didn't make it. And Guardians of the Ga- Galaxy before nominated for Adapted, didn't make it. It may just be, you know, I like your nominee. It may just be time. It's like the most. You know, mm-hmm. acclaimed comic book movie outside of, like, The Dark Knight, and they know they missed the boat on that. Yeah. I did Wonderstruck just because I think, you know, the Academy appreciates a unique structure. <clears throat> it's definitely They that. said it was, like, an unfilmable kids' book, just like they did for Hugo. Hugo was nominated. That had a Scorsese push on it, but, you know, it's fifth slot stuff. You just gotta choose something. Yeah.
3: Yeah, um... I mean, Loki got nominated for a screenplay at the, the Guild. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah. It's not not a it's not a 0% but I think it's no. like a 5% um
1: I'm going off wonder straight up because the book was pretty fucking big period alright best supporting actor is next everybody thinks Sam Rockwell's gonna be nominated for three billboards that's no surprise Willem Dafoe uh, everybody thinks a nomination's coming for good old Willem we've got all three stumping for uh, Michael Stuhlbarg hmm. From what movie?
0: Calling By Your Name. Calling By Your Name. That's mm-hmm. what I thought. That's a good question, I though. I haven't we're seen, seen that. a lot of them.
1: Yep. So we from there we have uh, both TJ and Chris thinking Richard Jenkins. No, we're all Richard Jenkins. It's the Plumber Oh, Carell. David. David, there's Richard Jenkins. Okay. And yeah, okay, so TJ and Chris are, th- are thinking Christopher Plummer, which is probably the most newsworthy uh, supporting acting role in uh, recent months. And uh, David's going Steve Carell which the Academy has proven they like to nominate Steve Carell for things. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm going uh, Christopher Plummer. I think, uh, first off, I hear he's done done good work in that movie and I think uh, actors are going to enjoy that. Nominating him for the degree of difficulty having to go in so late nine in days. all the scenes in nine days. And he's
0: 90 years old. Yeah,
2: and getting wow. Spacey out. Yeah, and, um, I, and, and I think this is what All the Money in the World... The nomination is for, I think it's what all the buzz is about, and I think yeah. it's, it's from what I've heard, like the
1: best part is Christopher Plummer and the story about the movie. I think so many people would have just ignored that movie when it came out, if not for the story. Then it's another nomination for an aging icon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep.
0: I, I, I really do like the, the Plummer thing, you know, but he could have already had his career moment when he, he won his Oscar for Beginners. And uh, it just that movie's not showing up anywhere. If yes. this if it shows up here, it'll be its sole nomination. Um, I did care because I just think they they like him, and uh, I don't know. He just seems like a good guy for them. He was a SAG nominee. It was a, kind of a surprise for Battle of the Sexes, and uh, it could be a movie that plays better on screener mm-hmm. as like, oh, do you want to see this movie over the holidays? And you know, gets there.
3: Plummer was nominated the Globes. And more importantly, got a supporting actor nom at BAFTA.
0: Well, there's the BAFTA thing. Glove's unconnected to right. the, the voting. but Well, I'm just saying it wouldn't be his own nomination. For like visibility. nomination.
3: But yeah, visibility. And then BAFTA's got a little bit of crossover.
0: I'm saying the movie hasn't shown up anywhere else besides that.
3: Yeah. Um, but that's kind of a norm for supporting actors in years past. I mean, for every category, uh, acting category. But it's not like outside the realm of possibility to get something that's just in for an acting nom. Yep.
0: Yeah. And, like, this was one I kind of like just because, you know, you do your four you think of, and I took my shot on yeah. something crazy. Also, like, Carell, kind of for
3: the nominating Hanks for Best Actor, like, oh, he's a really good guy, and good guys need to be on camera right now. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. There's nothing
0: uncomplicated about Steve Carell right now.
2: Carell's also a good guy playing, playing a scumbag who wasn't actually a scumbag, but was a guy playing a scumbag. Yeah. And... <laughs> But I mean, yeah,
3: I love the like what Steve Carell does after the Oscars. Him and his wife go to In-N-Out Burger and they go home.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, that's it. After any award show, it's like, yeah, you need more of that in Hollywood right now. Best Supporting Actress, uh, all agreement that Allison Janney will be nominated as she's probably the favorite to win. Laurie Metcalf from Why uh, do I don't want to keep calling that Baby Driver? Yeah, it's Lady Bird. <laughs> well, it's like TJ nah, the other night was kept calling I Tanya Lady Bird. And vice versa. I kept thinking
3: Alison Janney was in Lady Bird because she has a bird. She has a bird. bird and I and
1: and I <laughs> uh, but yeah, Lori Metcalf. Everybody thinks Holly Hunter. That's good to see that uh, you're all in agreement that she'll be nominated. Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, and uh, then we have a little bit of a disagreement. T.J. and David both going with Hong Chau from Downsizing, mm-hmm. yep. Yep. and Chris with Octavia Spencer from Shape of Water. Shape of Water. Chris could definitely knock
3: us back on this one. Octavia like mm. Spencer seems like whenever she's close, she just gets in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And since, also,
2: since the help, I feel like she's been nominated every year.
0: Like last year, she was <laughs> not the best part of Hidden Figures for me, and she got in. That's just like yeah. in just like a well liked movie. Yeah. And downside you know, it's it's a weird nominee if it gets there. Downsizing is not well liked. <laughs> That's a
3: it's a character though. It's a foreign uh, protester, like strong woman. Mm-hmm. That's. That's something. Um, and she is that great can in it. Well. She play well. She steals that movie. Um, but if Octavia Spencer and Alice and both get nominated, I think all of did you hear that on the Gold Derby podcast that uh, Octavia Spencer will only be nominated for Oscars when she's going against somebody that was in the Help. <laughs> <laughs> all three of her
1: knobs against Help co stars.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah.
1: Uh, all right. We're down to the big four. Best actor of the year. Gary Oldman for uh, Dun- not Dunkirk, but Darkest, uh, Hour. Darkest Hour,
0: featuring which is, Dunkirk, which is also about Dunkirk. Uh,
1: <laughs> Timothy Chalamet for Call Me by Your Name. All three of you have Daniel Day Lewis for Phantom Thread. Boy, that's uh, that's good to see. I was, I haven't been hearing a lot of Phantom Thread, uh, you know, buzz. I feel like uh, recently they,
0: he was slotted in the. In there for me, just when Daniel Day Lewis was in a movie, yeah.
1: Like, I was gonna say in June, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah he's a which were mom the mom. jokes we were making. Yeah. It? It's like, best movie of the year. Oh, uh, unnamed Paul <laughs> Thomas Anderson slash Daniel Day Lewis project is probably my pick for best movie of the year. It's also wild that a month ago we didn't even know what the fucking movie was, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. still didn't have a name, yeah. Um, and uh, everybody in agreement that Daniel Kalua, am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Kalua. It's uh and that's great because I thought I thought he was I thought I was afraid when I saw Get Out that he would be kind of overlooked this time of year uh-huh. as most like. It's definitely not the juiciest part in that movie, and it's the only part that's getting. Uh...
0: I think what helps is if you like that movie and you think of it, you think of Daniel Kaluuya's eyes, yeah, like reacting to stuff. The sad, Let's talk about a uh, face the yeah, yeah.
2: And um, we are all in agreement on best actor for the first category.
0: Yeah, it's the oh, most all, controversial. Oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't mention yeah, the last no, one. Yeah,
1: no, nobody thought all are picking James Franco. I think he holds on. So I, I wonder how much of that will it's come just, down to how many nominations were already
3: it's, in. It's even scarier because like if Franco's out, the next guy in is the most likable
0: human
2: on earth. <laughs> Tom
3: it's like X. Tom Hanks. Yeah.
0: It's like him or Denzel Washington. Yeah,
2: for <laughs> Roman J as right?
3: right. right. Just like you know, but people like, don't like that movie. That's no. that's the yeah, hardest part. Know. That's true. Yeah, and they they, they got they got Denzel out last year, man.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. I think.
0: Yeah.
1: For that was movie awesome. that, was okay. just, that was just all Zell all yeah. So, um, I don't know. I'm not
0: not feeling super safe about my Franco pick, but yeah, Franco was on the edge for me going into it and then the controversy happens, you know, the week the nominations are out. As of this podcast, you know, they've already they've only been open for only they're only going to be open for 7 days. So,
1: so, so everybody's thinking he will get nominated. If you could replace Franco with somebody, who would you want it to be?
0: Want it to be? Yeah,
1: because for me, it's it's John Cho. Well, <laughs> oh God, we're doing that. I was just curious. Uh, I Billy, really, this is the better time to try to do that than once we're trying to pit, decide who should win. Hold on. <laughs>
3: yeah, let me go back to open my third. Let me Google open my. I didn't need to open the floodgates here, but maybe, we're
0: making good time. Maybe, maybe Harrelson from Three Billboards, but I think he's campaigning leave. and supporting. Yeah, there's a chance that. I, I couldn't Ansel really actually Eldort. tell where Steve Carell was campaigning, leader supporting.
2: He's supporting. There's
0: gotta be. Yeah, he's got... He went in, went in in Foxcatcher as like a supporting performance. He got in at lead. But the Bobby
2: Riggs character is so minor to that movie.
0: Yeah. And again, n- not prediction. We're talking about what we would want. I don't know. Yeah. I was curious. Kumail. Was... The, the weird thing about love this... It. <laughs> I thought he was good. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Although Kumail was probably the out of the acting in that one of my least favorite Kumail, just because of the quality of everybody else in that movie yeah Camille probably also
2: like the, the the studio probably came to Camille went like alright what do you guys want to campaign for and he was like oh, I don't care
1: like, whatever that scene where he breaks down on stage is so good yeah mm-hmm. I really loved it anyway I don't mean to get too off topic I was just curious mine when would be Hugh Jackman for Logan Oh, Hugh Jackman's very. That's a great performance. Yeah, I was I was I so close do. for supporting actor to putting Patrick
2: Stewart in. because so I know that that's God, kind of. Be so much fun. There's some rumbling about that. That would be awesome. But the best supporting actor is such a
0: strong category this year. If the Oscars were fun, we could have like Andy Serkis for War for the Planet of the Apes. I would do Jim Carrey for Aunt, Jim and Andy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: like his batshit crazy stuff. All right, moving on to Best Actress. Uh, we've got Frances McDormand for Three Billboards. I think we're five for five again. Shersha it. Ronan yep. for Lady Bird. Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water. Meryl Streep for The Post. And Margo Robbie for I, Tonya. That's full agreement across the board. It seems so sewn out. It
3: is Hawkins, not Hawkins. about Des Brown.
1: Oh, right. Yeah.
0: You're my the Sally only, I mean, there's Hawkins. some spoilers outside. Like, Jessica Chastain is obviously in a well-liked movie. Picking up some surprise nominees, and she's a well liked actress. Yeah. Well liked actress had a moment on the Globes and has always been an advocate for pay equality. Um, I could see that, but I, I just couldn't figure out who to bunch yeah, out. Yeah, who did it? It's in. Streep or
3: Robbie. I was about yeah. to say, and yeah. I don't
1: see either one of them dropping. Could you have some? When does Streep fatigue start to set in for nominations? If well, it hasn't it's been already been going on for never. thirty years,
0: so. yeah, thirty.
1: 40? I think
0: it's like the last three or four years she's had a nomination. The Academy loves Meryl Streep. They're having like a. I mean, who response? doesn't? That's
2: the right. Yeah. yeah, and she's like, I don't know. She's not. Gown. She's not like the best, most standout part of the post either. But <laughs> when you <clears throat> when you write this list, considering writing it without Meryl Streep in a Steven Spielberg movie, like starring opposite Tom Hanks, yeah. you would feel like an idiot not putting her in there. Yeah,
3: I couldn't do it. And then uh, you know, I had chest. This is the last change I made it was this morning. I put in Robbie for Chastain. Because Itani is just too much on the up and up
0: right now. Yeah, it's very ascendant right now. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: it's also another great case for a character portraying another character with with a fucking bullet, like really good. Yeah, yeah.
0: and because of Alice and Janie, it becomes a screener you have to see. So you're also seeing Robbie. Yeah, you know. You know? Yeah, so that sometimes happens. Like with Wild, you got Reese Witherspoon and Laura Dern True. both nominated. Sometimes happens in actors.
1: Best director. Boring again. Are we all in agreement on all these? (laughs) No one repeat my joke. Uh, (laughs) So the the group is in full agreement that Guillermo del Toro, Greta Gerwig, Christopher Nolan, Jordan Peele, and Martin McDonough will be your five nominees. And I would be so thrilled
0: if this was the five. So I know something's going to happen. Spielberg's pushing Peele out. In my
2: like, (sighs) I think he does, isn't it? He got he got here's the thing man at the DGA's
3: he got nominated for a first time director so they had that covered yeah they went ahead and nominated him again for director of the year we so got two nominations at the DGA's I don't think there's any ways
0: out see the other thing is last year with Lion Garth Davis got both of those two and got pushed out by Mel I yeah. just don't think there's a story like Mel's this year to push him out Spielberg is like Bridge of Spies he doesn't get nominated and he's not an auto Auto nominee anymore.
2: Yeah. I think
3: that. You
0: I, don't really talk about the direction like no that. It's I, the acting and the writing.
3: I, I think if there's somebody out, I think it's McDonough. And.
0: I think he's in for sure. He's he's a lock for me. Do you think
3: Peel's the only one who's out?
0: I think Peel's the only one who's vulnerable. I think, Ger, I think maybe Luca Gerwig's
3: locked, dude. There ain't no fucking way. This is the only nomination i bet money on right now. Outside the, of the best picture noms.
0: What I think could be the threat well, to Peel is the. I would. Go sorry. Ahead.
3: I was just saying, I'd be more surprised if Garvey was left out. I not think anyway. Maybe it's the best picture frontrunner with a female director. They got a nominator. Yeah. No
0: fucking way. Globes.
2: Huh?
3: <laughs> I said, well,
0: you have a Globes moment to push this because Globes happen and then the Academy yeah. voting starts.
2: Yeah. Hollywood Foreign Press bungles it so the Academy gets to go, we're not going to make that mistake.
0: But it's still, the directors are doing it, nominating it themselves. The only thing that makes me think Peel may be replaced by someone, I think, if he's out, I think Luca Guadagnino is in. Because part of the push for diversity, it increased, like, you know, people of color and minorities and women, but also hugely international. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, you know, that's just, Academy increased by a fifth, like, within a year. A lot of it is international. So I could see going either way.
3: They got a chance to put Peel in on the writing block, too, so, you know
0: what I mean? Whereas uh, Luca didn't write that movie. All
2: right. I still think Peel's in, but it's a good point. I think that Steven Spielberg might Tanya Harding...
0: I'd be really disappointed. I'd be disappointed if Spielberg got in.
2: I want want this list for Best Director.
3: I I wouldn't be disappointed after seeing the post. I mean, I think the best thing about that movie was the direction. Um, I wouldn't be disappointed. But I love that list.
0: The only thing about this list is this is the Director's Guild list. Yeah, which is... It typically... It's uh, been... The last, like, six years, it's been four out of the five from their their guild. So there's always one that's off. Makes me nervous. Something sneaky. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, when it gets to the Best Picture, it's a little... It, best Picture is uh, an indeterminate set of movies each year now. And so it's always at least five, right? <laughs> and it can be up to ten. So we had everybody pick ten movies and then also say... How many total they think will be nominated? Now I got to ask you guys: Are these in order? Yes. So if so,
3: like when the nomination happens, we'll draw a line wherever that is. If there are only six nominees, my top six are the ones that I think will get nominated. <laughs> yep.
1: Right. Okay. So with that in mind, TJ and David are both picking, thinking seven movies will be nominated. Chris is going eight, mm-hmm. but uh, here they are um, in order. TJ is going with Lady Bird, Three Billboards, Dunkirk, Get Out. The Shape of Water, The Post, Call Me By Your Name, I, Tanya, The Florida Project, and The Big Sick. David's ordered list is as follows. Lady Bird, also at number one. Three Billboards at number two. Dunkirk at number three. Then he's got The Shape of Water. Get Out, Call Me By Your Name, The Post, The Big Sick, Darkest Hour, and I, Tanya. Chris's list of ten is Three Billboards, then Lady Bird. Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, The Post, Call Me By Your Name, Get Out, I, Tanya, Big Sick, and Wonder Woman. Um, So who's got any unique selections? TJ is the only one to pick the Florida Project anywhere on his 10. I think we have nine out of, everybody's nine out of
2: 10. I've got Florida Project, looks like David's got The Darkest Hour, and Chris has Wonder Woman. Woman. Yeah, and I think Wonder Woman as the number ten, because if there's a tenth nominee,
1: that's the only way Wonder Woman's getting in. Yeah, this year's Deadpool. Remember, there was hope yeah. yeah. last year that Deadpool yeah. might get in. Um, it's yeah. a it's a it's a toss up there on on those last spots. I think it's I think it's like
2: obviously this, saying that I think there's going to be six to nine best picture nominees like doesn't seem like like a like a strong call. Or, right. or it seems like an obvious thing to say because it's not going to be 5 it's not going to be 10 right. but like there are so many movies that should be in the shuffle for best picture that I think that the voting is going to be uh, all over the place and wouldn't like. there's no runaway for me I don't follow like the trending up trending down mm-hmm. like you guys do but in, in my mind if there's 9 and 10 I wouldn't be surprised
1: I'm always shocked with
2: 9 this
1: year. I think it's I think I think it's interesting that David has Darkest Hour over Tanya. Just uh
0: I have, I have both of them in. Yeah. Um,
1: but like if, well, it stopped, I, if it stopped at nine. If it stopped at nine. Oh I, I
0: just I truly believe we're probably not getting past seven. I think there's a chance we get five or six. So your
3: last three aren't as ordered.
1: Yeah.
0: If you look at the I think the number one
3: slot's gonna be the one that changes a lot. That's my my thing. I think two through five are gonna be the same movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can see number one rotating a lot.
0: Sure. If you look at the guilds, like there are five movies that got seven guilds across the Academy or more. And then after that, you have ones that get three or four. So it, it kinda drops off. There's like a plateau after five. So I think six or seven. I it's much more fun when there's ten though. But yeah. I think this is yeah. gonna yeah. be one of those years where it's really short. Um and Darkest Hours got support. It's a big BAFTA movie, you know, British being British. Maybe we have two different Dunkirk movies in it. It's it's a movie that people are going to see because of Gary Oldman. So while they're there, it's like ah, oh, this I really like that. Feel, and it it plays old as a alternative to some of the more um, forward thinking movies. Ladybirds the get out. You're eyes. gonna have some movies that play old. And yeah. Darkest
1: Hours also. I get the feeling that it might be the closest thing we have this year to a Hidden Figures. Which is, uh, or like an imitation game. Something, something that, like that that lot that a lot of audiences who don't see a lot of these movies are going to have seen. Um, I ran into people last week who are not cinephiles that were telling me how much they like Darkest Hour. They went to see it in the theater, and so that's that's become a movie. It started with a small release, and then it got a it's gotten a big media push. It's so um, it's definitely something a lot of people have seen
2: now. For me, that's that's Get Out. I think that Get Out is the Get Out and Three Billboards are the two populist movies on here. Um, I think that that not only helped because of when they were when they were released, um, but also how widely they were released. Um, just because they they get killed and they're limited, uh, that those are going to be the big fan favorites. They're the, the hidden figures of this year. Although I did proclaim that Battle of the Sexes is the hidden figures of this year.
1: <laughs> And there you have it. Those are the uh, predictions. So if you you know t- if you took notes, then you can sound really smart in front of your friends after you yes. listen to this podcast. So uh, when you tell them what's going to happen. And then I think the nominations
3: come out Tuesday, the twenty third. So this will come out about a week uh, when you're hearing this, about a week prior, right? A few days prior to the uh, to the nominations being announced. Mm-hmm. But they'll be out Tuesday morning, the twenty third. Of January, Then we'll have about five weeks
0: to longer see of time. them all.
1: Yeah, you'll have five weeks to catch up on all your Oscar-nominated movies for the year.
0: Longer time, thanks to the Olympics. And thanks, thanks to this Olympics. podcast, you'll have an extra four days. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, while we're thanking, we're shutting it down. want to say uh, this was Talkie Talk, the podcast for the minute by us. I want to say uh, thanks for listening, and please visit the site and see our stuff. Check out our Twitter our Gmail, our Facebook groups, and our Facebook page—it's um, all good. And then uh, please subscribe to the podcast, leave some reviews, and I want to say thanks to you guys for being here.
3: Thanks. This dude. was a
0: marathon sesh.
3: <laughs> we did good. We did it.
0: And thanks for listening. This was also a marathon sesh. <laughs> Bye, Mike Bye, guys. Kicking rocks down old dusty
1: roads small town, slow pokes, long time ago, kicking
0: out records of all the things that I know, all